Founders, welcome back to the Zero to 5,000 podcast, where we obsess over the convergence of human potential and business results. Today, our hosts, Drew McClure and Jordan Mitchell, have another insightful conversation for you. So let's jump right in. Okay, founders, welcome back. Today, I'm sitting down with the co-founder of Ohm Mushrooms, Sandra Carter. Now, the word expert gets thrown around a lot these days, but I have no reservations about introducing our next guest under that title. Sandra's spirit for good health and nutrition is perhaps only matched by her resume, including master's degrees in exercise physiology and public health, a doctorate in preventative medicine, and numerous research grants from the CDC. It's thanks to her history and academics that she went to a conference where she first truly grasped the nutritional value mushrooms can have, and along with fellow conference goer Steve Farrar, she decided to start OM as a treatment to their potential. Now, OM has quickly, quickly become a market leader in the research and distribution of various 100% organic health-conscious mushroom strains. Ohm Mushrooms is growing like crazy. So Sandra, my friend, let's get to it. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for inviting me. I am honored and delighted and, and looking forward to our chat today. I am as well. I am as well. So uh, tell me in your own words, how did we get into this? How did I, I get asked that question a lot, uh, I did, with, especially you know, with the mushroom business, right? You know, sort of went, you know, through the full gamut of, 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 uh, academic academia. Right. And, and spent a lot of time in many areas of health and wellness and community health in, in research. I was a hospital administrator here in Tahoe, where I I'm speaking to you from today. Um, but my focus has always been on integrative health and wellness. So, so looking at the whole person and, and looking at, you know, nutrition, exercise, um, stress management, um, you know, diagnostic screenings and so on. So I was, as you mentioned, at an integrative medicine conference in San Diego, which focused on supplements. And it was at Scripps Medical Institute and was introduced to Steve Farrar, our mycologist. And um, I was aware at that time of the immune benefits of mushrooms, but was not aware of how diverse the many unique strains or species of mushrooms exist that have other unique properties, such as cognitive health, um, applications for sports performance. Um, so I became really fascinated with them personally, and I started taking them. I was living here in Tahoe, 6,200 feet elevation, cycling a lot. And as soon as I started taking cordyceps mushroom, I could see a difference in my, my ability to train and to recover. And so I had stayed in touch with Steve and was helping him with some, some information, developing information. And he, Steve had been growing mushrooms for 30 plus years at that time. He had had the opportunity to study Japanese growing technology uh, with a Japanese company in Tokyo and was in the early development stages of R&D and figuring out how to grow these very unique, what we call functional mushrooms. Um, and I became fascinated, curious. I did my homework both from a, you know, a research standpoint and was just 
so impressed with the the breadth of information. You know, mushrooms have been used for thousands of years in traditional Chinese medicine, but there are thousands and thousands of articles housed in the NIH on really mushrooms. something. See, you wouldn't know. I had no idea. And so. I also went to business conferences, right? To sort of see what the opportunity was. So I went to a, a conference that we have attended every year for the last seven years um, called Supply Side West. And it is uh, in Vegas, it's sort of the biggest conference where all the ingredient suppliers who supply all those supplement products that, that are developed are at that conference and a lot from around the world. And I went and asked many of the large um, broker firms spoke with their R&D and, and product developers and said, what do you think about mushrooms as a ingredient? And, and without fail, they all said, you know, the research on mushrooms is phenomenal. And they're so underappreciated in the Western world, right? Highly revered in Asia, not appreciated over here in the Western hemisphere. Um, but the comment was, but we're not sure the, the Western consumer is ready. You know, we don't really think they're really ready to have mushrooms in their products, right? Yeah. So I took that information. Well, literally two weeks later, Dr. Oz started doing shows on mushrooms and what are the five best cures from around the globe? Number three, cordyceps mushroom. And, I'm, and he's contacting Steve Farrar, his team is for no. their research and it's like okay i think something's gonna happen here <laughs> so kind of armed with all of that i thought okay i think this is an incredible opportunity for me the science was really important this so it had scientific validation it had tremendous validation in terms of, you know, the, the history of use over thousands of years. And so what needed was needed, however, was interesting products, education, obviously, and, you know, looking to help grow that awareness uh, over here. So yeah, away we went in 2010. Man, I, okay, so my first question is, when you heard of how widely adopted it was, let's say, in the eastern uh, part of the world versus here, why do you think that is? Is it simply just a uh, it grew, you know, maybe it grows more naturally over there and it got into cultural norm and it's not a cultural norm here? Or is there a stigma or it's why do you think? More, it's more the stigma thing. It's so, so that it was a question I asked as well, you know, how because mushrooms grow all over the world, right? There's no, you know, they can grow in certain microclimates, moist climates, uh, right. like the Pacific Northwest, for instance, more readily. Um, but, you know, the, in traditional Chinese medicine, they were revered. If you look at most sort of indigenous people, they used mushrooms. Our own, you know, North American uh, indigenous people used various mushrooms and herbs for, for medicinal properties. And, and they're used widely in Europe as well. However, when the pilgrims came across, <laughs> they demonized mushrooms. They, huh. they were more thinking of the hallucinogenic it's, properties, yeah. right? And so mushrooms were not on the table. Like mushrooms were very much demonized as the colonies were formed here in the United States. And Interesting. so 
they did not become a part of our natural cultural food system as they had and and as they still are in many parts of Europe as well as Asia and so now for me uh, you know speaking from a business perspective what a great opportunity um, you know it's taken a while to build up that education and awareness but it's a phenomenal, phenomenal kingdom, the fungal kingdom that's so underappreciated. So for me, I get excited about that opportunity. Mm. And I still am today. Yeah. I still see the, the, the potential for growth. Well, it's interesting that you said that story about the perspective that the pilgrims had on it, because what I was going to say is up until a few years ago, when I started to hear just a small bit, not a ton, but a small bit of people talking about this, Anytime you would have asked me about mushrooms, the only two things I would have thought of is a tiny little thing that you might put in some salad and be like, why is that mushroom there? Or yeah. a hallucinogenic, some kind right. of, you know, people were taking shrooms, right? Yeah. And had no idea that there was any use besides a garnish on a salad or all the way to the hallucinogenic thing. And yeah. it was like, well, I don't know the science, right? Yeah. And so I'm curious, I'm curious uh, for in several, in several instances, but help me with this. I'm excited that there's a lot of science behind it. And the reason why is because I find myself being naturally skeptical of supplements. And I think for a lot of good reasons, right? Less regulated from what I can hear, or you find ah, out- that's the misnomer. Oh my gosh, okay. let's correct everybody on that. So okay. we, we fall under um, FDA guidelines, Okay. right? And so we, um, they're, under FDA, there are three, tiers of regulation one is for food the next one is for supplements okay. high high standards and then the top one is for pharmaceuticals which require you know clinical trials and so on yeah. in the supplement world we have very tight regulatory requirements that we have to meet around food safety identification um you know validation um I think, unfortunately, there have been some bad actors in the past. Yeah. Um, and, and also, there's been some real misrepresentation in the press. Uh, a few years ago, the New York Attorney General um, announced that they had done some testing, right, of some supplements. And, that the, and, the, and the comment was, and we found that virtually none of these botanicals existed in these supplements. Well, things like that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, they retracted that because what they did is they used the wrong test. Now, you know, there's a lot of specificity and science in, in what we do in our world. And oftentimes in a, as a botanical, for instance, you may use a certain part of the plant, the roots, you know, you hear of, uh, uh, you know, ginger root this or, or so, or you may be using a leaf or whatever. So you have to use the specific identifier, the DNA identifier for that plant part. They use the wrong one. They use the wrong one, but they went, you know, it's kind of, you know, retraction is never as popular as sensationalism, right? So, yeah. um, so, so that did not help our industry at all. But I can tell you that the rigor of regulations in our industry continues to, to be heightened. Uh, we are all requested, you know, required rather to have uh, aud extensive audits, extensive um, validation by third-party labs of everything we do. And, and if we are putting a product into one of our retail products, we have to 
we can't just accept the information we get from the ingredient supplier. We have to revalidate with our own lab as well. Yeah. Yeah. So there's many levels now uh, to ensure that the, the products that are out there are safe. And so, you know, I think, you know, being skeptical about sort of that overnight company that someone told me yesterday from Madagascar, from wherever, right, is all right. of a sudden going to give you the, the big hot deal on something. You know, go with with um, suppliers that you uh, feel comfortable with. You know, all the big retailers, Whole Foods, Amazon is doing a better job now of screening and yeah. requiring tremendous quality documentation and regulatory compliance. So so our industry is doing the right work. I love that. And thank you for clearing that up. That does that does help me. That was definitely misinformation that I had. I think it's probably some of my feeling is also just from the Internet, right, yeah. where where you just see a variety of stuff popping up all the time mm -hmm. and they all make outrageous claims. Right. Like if you just take this one drop of whatever, you will be rich like this person. You will yeah. have <laughs> unlimited stamina and you right. will, whatever. and they're like, how is that? Yeah. How's that possible? How's that doing that? Right. Um, so I get excited when I can talk to someone that's like, no, you, you guys have done your research and, mm -hmm. You are ethical, and you also really believe in what this can do for spe for specific kind of things. So, mm -hmm. what was what was some of the research around mushrooms and its uses that most stuck out to you? What well, were some of the findings that you were like, "Wow, that's useful." If that's if that's the case, that's really useful. Sure, sure. So, I'd say the three specific areas for me. Um, first of all, from an immune standpoint, okay. so, you know, my, my, my interest has always been in prevention, right? And, and, you know, the, the foundation of our health and wellness is in our immune system. Mushrooms have something called a beta glucan. It's a polysaccharide that helps to act like a key and a lock. And it helps to activate that first cascade of events that make you battle ready. And so that mm. is really important. And, and it you need you know, to take the mushrooms daily because your immune system and, or cells rather are turning over, you know, at a very rapid rate. Um, but our mushrooms, they're whole food mushrooms. So they have a, a, a fiber that acts as a prebiotic platform for healthy and diverse probiotic development. They have digestive enzymes, they have antioxidants. So in totality, they improve gut health, they improve overall immune health, they help decrease free radical damage. So that is a great point of prevention of not only chronic disease, but of acute disease as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. So not a not just a, a fall and winter kind of time frame, but of an everyday, I want to be my best self. Um, the second area I, I kind of mentioned earlier was in sports performance. So cordyceps mushroom helps with your ability to increase uh, your endurance through the availability of oxygen. And then by, you know, virtue of having that oxygen, you can deliver it to your exercising muscles and work aerobically. And we've been involved in, in, in research related to increasing max VO2 by virtue of, of having uh, cordyceps mushroom. And wow. then thirdly, which is so important to the world we live in is cognitive health. And so a mushroom called lion's mane, a lot of research, uh, much of it done in, in Japan on not only memory for, you know, showing improvements in memory for people with cognitive decline, but also improvements in anxiety, depression, um, so, you know, those are all parts of our everyday society right now. And so um, you, 
I could see for so many things that have been of interest to me in my career, I could see the applications and also, you know, the opportunity to just develop some great products. Um, yeah. A, a wide array of people out there. So is it the kind of thing? Well, first of all, it sounds like there's different strains. Are they put into, like you said, some like cordyceps and then you have lion's mane or would those be like different mushrooms you would use like different products for different things or are they kind of combined into your products where you're getting the the endurance aspect and the cognitive health aspect together so that's a great question so for most of these species they all have immune benefits some more research than others so reishi turkey tail um chaga agaricus blazy had great mushrooms for for immune function for things like sports performance and for for um, lion's mane, for instance, if you're looking for that very specific benefit, you want to make sure you have an adequate dosage. And so we did some dose response um, uh, research as a part of, of, of some of this, uh, the, the formula that we developed for a company. And, and so we know that you need two grams per day to okay. get a significant increase, right? So if you're taking a blend of different mushrooms, often it's, you know, and if there isn't a sufficient amount of a, that one important mushroom, it will take you a long time to get the benefit, right? You need, you need a, a noticeable benefit, amount, right? A noticeable, significant benefit. So, um, so, uh, you know, I think that's important. So we're seeing products like we have a master blend that, you know, TikTok, we had this sensation that got 2 million <laughs> views on and it was the right product for this time because it had 10 mushrooms and it had three well-known botanicals. And so for the person who's new to the mushroom world, it's like, Hey, I got them all. So what a great way to introduce mushrooms to a new yeah. consumer. But our hope is that that really just elevated the interest and now it's a, hey, I heard that lion's mane is a good product for brain health. So now I'll take a lion's mane powder or capsule or our brain fuel product, whatever. So I, I think it's a good intro. Um, but I think your question is, is an important one. If you really want that specific benefit, you need a sufficient amount to get the benefit. So like on the on the mixed one that you said, what really kind of blew up on social media, in that example, is it would there be the three grams of lion's mane in there or no? So it was two grams total of 10 mushrooms, right? So gotcha. overall, you're going to get synergies. You're going to get definitely immune benefits from it, you know, and, and increase, I call it vitality um, uh, because you're over, you know, when your, your gut health and when your immune health is better, you're, you're better overall, right? You're, you're yeah. metabolize food better. You have the higher levels of absorption. So, um, so yeah, so yes, so that one is really what I we call a general health product. But if you want the sports performance, then you need to have a product that has has that formula or or mushroom in it. For something like lion's mane, do you find that it's effective enough, or the the effect is strong enough that some people are replacing things with it, like coffee or Adderall or something like that? Is it? Do you know some of your customers doing something like that? Like actually, because I, I think I saw at some point someone was talking about like a lion's mane kind of coffee or something or, or like a tea. Maybe it was like a tea or something like that. And I was like, oh, is this like a, in a sense, a replacement for caffeine in the morning? Is that a dumb yeah. question? So, yeah. No, that's a great question. So okay. yeah, 
So we have seen products out in the market where people are looking for alternatives to coffee, right? They, they want to feel good in the morning, but they don't want the jitteriness yeah. of, of the, the, the caffeine level. So having a natural energy product, a natural um, product that works with your body uh, is, is, is a great alternative. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're definitely seeing that. And in terms of the Adderall, yes, we're, we're definitely hearing testimonials, I'll call it, from people who were on things like um, Adderall um, and are able to just completely manage if they you know, were doing it because they had ADD or ADHD. Right. Um, with, with, often with a combination of both uh, lion's mane and reishi, which is a, an adaptogen, a balancer. And so... Um, yeah, I mean, it, there's so cool. much you discovered about mushrooms. What's an adaptogen? I've heard that phrase a, a bunch, but could you explain to me and to our audience what, what we mean when we say adaptogen? Yeah, well, I will t say that for someone like me, who's, you know, sort of ori originally more in that sort of Western science, I, th I used to call it a very zooby term <laughs> um, because it's a sort of nonspecific reaction uh, to a stress or physical, or, or it could be a, a mental stress. So the way I look at, at it is, you know, sometimes people will make the statement adaptogens help you with your stress. Well, they don't actually can help you with your stress. Your stress is your stress, but right. right. That's, that's your work. How you react to the stress, right, is yeah. how mushrooms or adaptogens can help. So in your endocrine response, instead of having that fight or flight mechanism that pumps, you know, a lot of adrenaline through your, your system, your heart's pounding, you're getting that, you know, anxiety, adaptogens help with a more calm and balanced mm. response. And so instead of having that fight or flight, you have a calmer response. And I can tell you that we have a product. Um, it's an, it's an energy ohm energy that I have every day. Here it is today, every day. And it has cordyceps in it, which sort of for natural energy, and it has a lot of reishi in it. And reishi is very well known as an adaptogen. And I can come in in the morning and there can be, you know, 15 things flying at me. And as soon as I take this product, I feel like, okay, I'm in my zone, mm. things lined up, and I feel very focused all day long. And I work long hours, and I feel highly energized. But I, you know, it's, it's often, <clears throat> I think the difference of taking a natural product as opposed to a pharmaceutical is your ability to manage that your own body's um, biochemistry, right, and, and, and responses. And I think that is our ultimate key to health. Ideal. Yeah. Yeah. What do you hope, um, through your efforts and, and your, your, your work and the company you're building, what are you hoping, uh, the world wakes up to, you know, or, or where trends might change or, yeah, let me just stop there. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I'd say, um, you know, our biggest hope is that particularly again on the Western world, there's an appreciation gained for the importance of the fungal kingdom. I don't know if you've seen the movie, The Fantastic Fungi, but I, I highly recommend it. I saw it. the thumbnail on, on Netflix. Okay, yeah. you're gonna love it. The cinematography is amazing. 
Um, and we helped sponsor a screening of it, a couple of them in San Diego. And Steve went to a local small independent theater. That's how the movie was, was rolled out. And with the goal that people come together, obviously pre-COVID. Um, and so this initial um, uh, movie theater was a little bit, uh, you know, a movie on mushrooms, seriously. And, and we just said, look, we'll buy every ticket. Don't worry, we'll buy every ticket if you do the screening. We're, we'll buy every ticket. Well, that was in November and um, they, the 4.30 screening sold out, 7.30 screening sold out. The movie ran until March. <laughs> and then wow. they, they kept bringing it back and bringing it back. And now it's on Netflix. But people are fascinated, I think, with the role of mushrooms and mycelium on our planet and how important they are. They are it is, if you saw Avatar and they talk about the wisdom of the trees, that's the mycelial network. It provides communication between our four. Oh, yeah. Right? And, yes. and when you talked earlier about, um, I'm a little skeptical about supplements. Well, if you look at modern agriculture, we've totally decimated our, our, the, the earth that it's growing in, in many cases, if it's not regenerative agriculture. Um, of the fungal community, right? In fact, they use antifungal agents to take out all of that mycelium. Well, there's unique antioxidants. Um, you know, you, you, it helps with, you know, really fighting different pests and, and bacteria. So um, I think, you know, the return to regenerative and organic agriculture is gonna produce a higher quality nutritional um, product uh, as well be great for the planet. Yeah. Do you foresee what's the path for this being more affordable, right? Like I think about, and I haven't looked at your company or prices or anything like that. I'm just thinking in general that like healthy stuff, like even, you know, when, when um, whole foods and stuff like that, organic and non-GMO and that's good. It always starts off more expensive. I think it's more novel. Yeah. It costs yeah. more to produce and that kind of thing, but it also creates a barrier to entry because- totally you've got a whole working class of people that are like, man, if it's, if it's between a dollar for this and $5 for this, like I got to pick the dollar. Sure. Right. Yeah. I feel that way sometimes around stuff like this, where I'm like, man, that's a $60 a month experiment or $150 right. for this brain support oh. health. Yeah. Uh, what's the ticket? Like, what do you, how does that get more affordable for the, for the common person you think? Is it just so, a widespread adoption? Well, no, I think also, you know, we're vertically integrated. We grow 11 species of our mushrooms in our own facility in it's a clean room growing environment, controlled growing environment in Carlsbad. And that, what you mentioned was really resonated with me as well. I had a, one of my nieces who is still living in LA at the time was aware of mushrooms. She took, she said, but auntie, I can't afford them. They, you know, I have these capsules I'll buy, but I can't afford them all the time. Well, at that time, juicing was becoming back into popularity again. And I made a decision to launch powders because we could develop them first in-house. We could package the pouches. We could do everything in-house. And we could pass on a huge savings to the consumer cool. by cutting out the need for encapsulation and you know shipping the materials somewhere and shipping it back, the bottle, the box, you know, all of yeah. those things. So 
that really made um, mushrooms more affordable. And so, and we positioned those powders in with functional foods because I could see the consumer trend really shifting to wanting the most out of everything they do. And so it was, you know, it made it much more affordable. It made, you know, ease of use if you were a smoothie person or a juice person, or, you know, just threw something in a bottle and shook it out. So, um, so affordability, I think is really key because what's important is that you take them daily. And as you said, if it's $150 a month, yeah. you know, most of our products are sort of $24.99 at full price, you know, and then yeah. that gives you 30 days of, 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 um, servings. See, so, that's what I'm talking about. Like that's, yeah. that's a price point that makes more sense. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not by any means like, you know, struggling every day, to, luckily, fortunately to, to pay our bills. But still, if I'm looking at something that's new to me mm-hmm. and I'm basically saying I'm committing $150 a month yeah. for something that's new to me, right? Like I haven't tested sure. it myself. I haven't seen all the benefits yet. I mm-hmm. usually end up balking at it or like maybe next year. And yeah. I'm like, that's a gap. That's a gap from just saying 24 bucks a month. Yeah, we can do that. I'll add it into my protein smoothie yeah. or I'll, I'll mix it in some water in the morning and, and that kind of thing. So I'm so glad to hear you're doing that. That's amazing. Well, I mean, for, for people that are starting the, you know, businesses out there, I think that's an important part of their business plan is, you know, what is that price point that people will be willing to take a risk on a new product, you know, and, and, and where are you placing your products so that, you know, they'll be seen whether it's on e-commerce or, or, or in a brick and mortar. So, um, yeah. yeah. What's, what's been more effective for you guys online kind of uh, digital or in whole foods and, and shelf space? They're all growing. And, and so that's been great for us. We have an amazing um, team in, in the retail world. All of, all of our team members have been with major companies and grown brands and they have great relationships and, and a lot of both, both Sprouts and Whole Foods and, and many of the other big natural product retailers throughout the United States have been really great for me personally. When I, when I first started, I was the one, you know, going out there and going to all the trade shows but I knew I didn't have the background in retail. I knew I needed a team that knew how, because getting on a shelf is one part of the, the, the challenge. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I think it's the easier part. Knowing what to do once you get there to move it off the shelf, you need a real team of experts who've done it before. And Interesting. So- so we have grown tremendously uh, in in retail. We're doing we're the fastest growing brand right now in retail. And then on on direct to consumer and in in the e commerce world, we we are we've grown our team tremendously over the last year because we're seeing, you know, the opportunity there as well. And so um, yeah. Yeah. What year did what year did this launch? Well, you know, we started the company in 2000, end of 2010, and we okay. really started out with more of a B2B provider, and we still, you know, provide hundreds of brands out there with our, our products. But I realized I needed a platform to educate, and being an ingredient supplier was not sexy and interesting at all, right? So yeah. I went to Natural Product Expo and saw all these brands and, you know, how people could you know, get PR going and so on and, you know, social media. And so started a brand really around 2013 
Uh, we we rebranded under the name OM uh, in 2014. And so um, really, really started investing in it. I would say around 2016, 2017, I took an investment in. Capital is necessary to grow. Um, and so that was the turning point for the brand. And I was able at that point to really attract a, a senior executive team and a team with, you know, all the experience I didn't have. And again, yeah. as an entrepreneur, I think many people like to think, well, I can learn that. I can do that. And, and, and you know, maybe if you're 20 years old and you have <laughs> a lot of runway in front of you, maybe you can. But but oftentimes what we'll see is there is there's a there's this time frame when it's a it's this opportune time. And if you want to learn everything yourself, you may not take that opportunity yeah. that yeah. you put if you had a great team with you next to you and and you take advantage of all that experience and education that they have. And that's the path that I took. I, I really wanted to bring on a, 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 an experienced team of people. And I'm so grateful that I, I have that as part of our team. Yeah. I mean, it's all, like you said, it's about really evaluating this moment. What's more important, time or money? Yeah. Right. And if you have, if time's not an issue, well, then you, you could say, okay, cool. Then I'll, I'll spend time by figuring it out myself and taking the longer path. But what, sometimes time is an issue where the market is ready right now, or there's yeah. an opportunity right now, and right it, now. it'd be better to spend the money, yes, you know, to get the experience to take advantage of the opportunity because that window could close, right? We see it more and more. I think, especially with with uh, with the internet now, new companies, new brands, new ideas are popping up daily, and so I think trends can come and go. I I don't think that mushroom is are something that will trend. You know, there's just right much uh, research behind it and 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 interest but but I think as a business I see that there are times you know I would say you know we've been an 11 year overnight success right you know right right <laughs> it's taken us a lot of hard work to get where we are and and I think help contribute with with others um, such as Paul Stamets in the industry to that education and awareness and um, but the, you know, mushrooms are really coming into their own right now. Yeah. What have you found personally most challenging about the business part of this? Like being the founder, the, the lead of this organization from the business side, oh, if you look back over those 11 years, right, we were joking ahead of time yeah. before the, before the recording, like, and it's mm -hmm. a wild ride, right? It there's, is a wild there's, ride. there's, punches in the guts there's wild moments of oh it's all working and everything in between and yeah. so what would you reflect on that you would say this has probably been the most challenging part for me personally kind of with the seat i'm in on this journey yeah i think for many entrepreneurs the the challenge is focus right mm. uh, i think i had so many people giving me advice early on about you know, you, oh, you could, you could talk to this person or you should, and, and, you know, they all are, you know, probably valid and great opportunities, 
but you only have so many resources or bandwidth when you're starting out. And so, for instance, challenging international opportunities, which are often very complex with regulations and customs and maybe new labeling for this country as opposed to your, you know, so I think being really focused and I'm seeing that more and more in some great new companies out there where they've, they know what they want to be very, very good at and they don't digress until they can, you know, add on another skew or, or get into something else. I think um, I would say originally, you know, I was not as focused as I, I, could have been because so many people were telling me, oh, no, you need to meet with this person and you need to meet with this person. And it, you know, I think um, in hindsight now, when I, you know, have the benefit of, again, this great team of people, some of them could have told me 10 years ago, hey, no, just stay here. Just, you know, stick in yeah. this natural channel, just do this and do this really well. And then think about doing the next best thing. Um, so I think, um, you know, I think that is, is one thing that, that is a learning early on. Um, and, and then, you know, the other thing I would say is, you know, get it in writing. I think early on, you know, you're naive a little bit about, you know, handshake deals and people who are going to do something for you or even businesses you're working with and yeah. tell you that, you know, you know, just making sure everything is, you know, and it's, it's not personal, it's business remember that it's not personal it's business and yeah. so making sure everything you do is is objectively verified and and in writing i think is an important part of your of what you're doing huge yeah it's huge i want to back up to the focus thing is mm -hmm. there any way is there like a filter or, or or a thought process you use now to help you decide when new opportunities come right mm -hmm. or you should meet this person now or you should yeah. talk to this person what helps you filter the no's versus the yeses? Data. <laughs> okay. Often data and, and also some just, you know, being in touch with uh, the marketplace and trends in, in general, right? Because sometimes the data isn't there because maybe this is a new idea. And, and so there is no data there, but maybe you are in touch with that, whatever is going on in that early adopter kind of world and you know, innovation. And so you have that gut instinct that, hey, this could be good as a, a, a new product, for instance. Um, I think we've done a really good job of that with our team of evaluating both where the, the white spaces, the opportunities and where the consumer interest lies. So we, we do a lot of research around consumer insights and what's important to them. But also our, you know, Tom Cherney, who heads up our, our own uh, retail team, he's a VP of sales. He is just an incredible data analyst and he, you know, he gets data from many, many sources and compiles it in a way that for the rest of the team is, you know, we're easily, we're easy, uh, we can easily, uh, you know, sift through it and see what it's telling us and where we're winning and where we're not succeeding or where the opportunities might be in other areas. And so, um, I think that's, I think that's an important, important discipline um, to help guide you. Yeah. And one of the, the most important things for me from the beginning was developing a business plan. And, you know, I often now 
get asked about starting a business from people. And I love to talk to people about starting a business. And, you know, focus is my one piece of advice. And the second one is always, you need to put it down in a business plan. And you need to, you know, have a mentor or someone who's in your industry, you know, specific, because it's often very specific to industries, you know, vet it and validate it and ask you questions. Um, Because everything from something like pricing you know, people can come up with pricing because they're going to run it out of their home. Well, then that works only for when you can run that business out of your home. As soon yeah. as you're running an office and you're paying, you know, a distributor and you're paying all these other things, there goes your business plan. So that business plan, I, I had a, the good fortune of having someone help me with a business plan. And I literally had that in my backpack all the time. And wow. I would open it up and flip through it and reflect on it and you need to modify it as things change or as your focus maybe you you thought this was going to be your opportunity but it wasn't right this is my opportunity okay how does that affect my business plan but i think the devil is in the details and numbers don't lie (laughs) so uh, you can be passionate about things but you really need to, you know, show you want, me you're doing this for, for financial reasons yeah, you know, yeah. and you want to be successful. You need to spend time on your business plan. Uh, well said. And I, and I love that idea too, about being able to modify it as you go. It's not one or the other. It's not have like the 10 commandments that this is my business plan. And I'm sticking to it no matter what happens, or I'm going to wait to make a business plan until I know more. You're probably gonna be better off to have a business plan, an idea yeah. that you're testing, yeah. getting feedback on it, and then you can modify it as you go. But you're always at least looking at, like you said, looking at the data, trying to plan as best you can mm-hmm. versus just going off of passion and gut instinct and yeah. hopes, right? Yeah. Um, so well said. You know, one more question uh, before we get to our lightning round is I'd be remiss not to ask you this with your passion just in general for health and wellness and you being in the environment of fast pace growth, pushing hard, working long hours, you know, often those are some of the most unhealthy people I meet, right? Right. Is someone that is like for the, you know, in their mind for the greater good, for the good of the company, for the, I'll, I'll I'll sleep three hours. I'll I'll sleep when I die. Right. (laughs) I'm curious for you, how do you balance that? And was there ever a time that you saw how hard that was or that it got, it got away from you and you had to bring it back? Um, I guess it's a two-part question. Yeah, no, I think I did hit a point in time where I was, you know, one year I, I flew 52 legs on Southwest Airlines, you know, and I was just going to every customer and show and everything and doing it and the CEO and the head of this and the head of that and and, and so, you know, I, again, reached that point of knowing I needed that team of people um, is to not only bring in, you know, their experience, but also for me personally, to be able to, you know, rejuvenate myself, because you're never going to be your best self if you are operating on three right. hours of sleep. Sleep for me, it's such an easy thing to do. It's easy and it's not easy because we all feel like, oh, there's more to be done. I better right. get up four, not five, you know, I'm an early riser naturally. So I go to bed early. 
Um, and I'm a big believer, of course, in, in you know, high levels of nutrition, having regular, I, I think about it and plan out what am I going to eat, you know, first thing, you know, I'm getting, going for that green juice and turmeric shot and my mushrooms first thing, you know, and I, I know and I think about what I, I plan to eat to make sure I'm, you know, always um, fueled up and I'm, I'm hydrating myself. Um, I, I mentioned to you earlier that I'm here in, in Tahoe where I used to live for full time for almost 30 years. And so for me, that is very restorative. And mm. I find great reflection when I'm in nature. Same. And when I, uh, you know, sometimes in San Diego, I go for these eight mile hikes, uh, you know, starting along the ocean. I come up with my best ideas I, I, you know, can really, you get that, you know, communication between both sides of your brain going when you have that clarity. And so I have a routine often of in the morning waking up, you know, I'll, I'll answer a few urgent things if they're, if they're there. And then I like to get outside and just mm -hmm. sort of start thinking and preparing mentally for the day. But I, uh, I like to allow myself, you know, people turn to meditation for that. For me, I think being in nature and walking is, or cycling or whatever is my meditative part of what I do. Um, but I think that is really important to rejuvenate yourself, restore yourself, to put yourself in nature. And I think it, it just all leads to more balance. And then of course, being around people you love. If COVID has not, has taught us anything, I think it's taught us how valuable the people we love are and how important they are to our overall health and wellness, both mental and physical health. So, you know, making time to be with either family or dear friends and connect with yeah. them, I think is another part of, of balance and, and, and overall health. Yeah. So well said. Uh, I've, I've been experiencing it some recently where I didn't realize how long it, periods of time I was staying right here in my office and then when I'm done I go downstairs my kids are home from school already and whatever so often I'm just staying in, I'm back inside right like I went right. from upstairs to downstairs yeah. and the other day I, I just spent two hours I did it again today not two hours but I got two hours to go walk by this this lake down the road and it just does something to me like yeah. The, the vitamin D, the fresh air, the being outside, the even just being in motion, like in motion. I'm in motion. Yeah. And sometimes I'm not listening to anything. Sometimes I have music. Sometimes it's a book. But like I've now brought that back in. I didn't realize it's like you don't realize how much you miss it till you do it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same thing with any of these kind of practices mm -hmm. to the busy person, to the goal driven, ambitious person. It feels like you're giving up something. But what you don't realize is it often moves you forward, right? So absolutely, because you're not your most, you know, I think being an entrepreneur, you need to be creative and agile. All switches on, right? All switches on and all switches yeah. are not on if you're in burnout mode. And I yeah. know my best creative thoughts have come in a, a place of silence and nature usually. Um, and so you know, allowing yourself, whatever it is that puts you in that zone, I'll call it, but putting yourself there and restoring and rejuvenating yourself is so important. And it will, it will pay back, uh, you know, from a, a business standpoint, That's I, right. you know, when you are, you'll be a better leader, you'll be a better listener. 
um, you'll be likely more strategic in your thinking. So I, you know, I'm a big believer in, in of course, overall health um, and just, yeah, making, making time for nature. I've mentioned this several times on the podcast, but I, I do it for a reason because it's, it stuck out to me and I think it would stick out to you. I noticed a very different answer from Elon Musk five years ago versus this year when they asked him in particular about his sleep. Five yeah. years ago, he was bragging about the fact that he was sleeping on the factory floor and he was only right. getting about three hours of sleep a night. Right. And he was following the same old narrative. Look, at, right. I work so hard. Yeah, yeah. And, da, 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 and I don't need sleep. I'm not that kind of person. And then they asked him about it this year. And he said he gets seven to eight hours of sleep every night. And they right. said, why the change? And he said, I simply looked at the data and realized it was suboptimal that yeah. whatever I thought I was gaining by staying up, I was actually getting a diminishing return because I wasn't doing good work. I wasn't making good decisions. And so he said, I now give myself the sleep I need. And tomorrow I just do everything better. Yes. And I was like, thank you. You're hearing like one of the most multitasking several businesses, yeah. you know, revered person say the same thing. The data is telling you, you actually need the sleep to take care of yourself. You're going to operate better. Right. So if you're listening, you've probably heard me talk about this several times, but uh, that just stuck out as a good case study for someone to rethink maybe what feels uh, like not a big deal, that maybe it's a bigger deal than you think. Well, I think there's, there's sort of this badge of honor in the past of, oh, yeah, right. all weekend. Oh, yeah. And I was up till two writing that report. Now, oh, yeah. And I was up at four, you know, and it was sort of like everybody's one upping themselves. Well, what did it create? It created imbalance. It created imbalance not only as you as an individual, but in likelihood in your relationships. Yeah. And, we, you know, there's a lot of research out there that shows that, you know, we are healthier, um, more productive people if we are in a healthy, balanced relationship, and that can be with one partner, it could be with a family, whomever. But if you're just burning yourself out um, and you're foregoing um, you know, those relationships, then again, you're not really gonna be your best self. Yeah, yeah. And, much, and so much of our work depends on that right now. Back in, you know, yeah. maybe in a different kind of uh, economical era, you might be able to get away with just kind of being on the factory line and, you know, just being a warm body. Right. Right. So, so much of our work is either people interaction, which really matters how you're showing up or it's creative problem solving, or it's how, you know, it's making decisions. It's, it's these things that really require your brain to be operating and your, your heart to be switched on and your, you know, does that make sense? That well, I think it, even beyond that, I think, having disruption in your personal life. And so, you know, I've seen this throughout, you know, my career when people are going through divorce, yeah. I mean, you know, do you think they're your best worker? No, there can't be your best because they're so concerned about probably, you know, the divorce itself, maybe their children and the implications and what's happening in their lives. So, so you demanding as a leader that someone give up, you know, their weekends and their nights with their children and, and their families isn't good long-term thinking. You want healthy employees who have yeah. balanced, supportive um, uh, home lives. And so I think all of that is important in how we're building our businesses and our cultures. Man, well said. All right, my friend, we're going to jump into our five lightning round questions. Okay. And I'll, I'll let you get back to your day. <laughs> so question number one. If you could ingrain one message into your entire organization, think of it like a billboard in your office, mm -hmm. what would that message be? 
You know, I think um, helping people understand how to communicate what they need to be successful mm. in every department of your business is really important, especially when you're a fast growing company. So you start out the year with the budget, right? Yeah. And you've got so many heads or employees budgeted and so much in your operational budget and so on and so forth and your CFO and you know everybody wants to stick to the budget. But meanwhile, you're exceeding budget maybe on your top line or something comes up, an opportunity comes up for us. 2 million TikTok views resulted in, guess what? Huge numbers of orders. So, you know, the number of hours our shipping team spent, you know, went whew, way off the budgeted hours, all yeah. for good, right? But I think, um, I think that it's important to really empower your team members to be able to communicate. And oftentimes I think it's helpful if they can communicate with Jada and say, okay, when we put the budget together last October, we were expecting to, in our world, grow you know so many kilograms of mushrooms a month, and now we're growing twice as much, or ship this many products, or you know if it's a quality team, you know process so many raw ingredients, whatever it is, have some data. So I think you know really helping teach um, your team members how best to communicate to their manager, director, you know VP, whoever it is. What is it they need to be successful? Because the opposite of that is frustration, right? So then you get teammates right. who are resentful and they're frustrated. And, oh my gosh, I asked for someone. Maybe I didn't ask in the right way. I didn't get the support I needed. And then you, you know, you just don't have the, that harmony in your organization. So for me, I have seen as we are growing, you know, so quickly it was easier to do that when you were a small team I oh yeah you know yeah. you were every friday you know having you know beer and tequila and together. i mean you were constantly communicating with each other and and you know working together as we have grown um you know now you have we have layers of people and so um wanting to make sure you empower all along the way you know it can be the supervisor in your packaging department or the supervisor on your floor whoever it is in your organization to communicate how they see this change in your operations or the demands have created a change in what they're they are needing to be successful i think that's really really important uh well said okay question two what is the best advice you've gotten about growing your business and also what was the worst advice <laughs> well i we touched a little bit on it you know business plan yeah that's foundational and, and sort of, you know, you, I can't even really express how much time I think you need to spend on that business plan and spend it with other people, you know, digging holes in and asking you really, you know, questions about what could go right, but more importantly, what could go wrong and maybe put you in, a, in you know, a, a, a financial crisis, right? If, it's, if you're putting your own money or your own time in, into growing a business. And, and then the second thing, being focused, um, really being focused is, is definitely, um, it's a skill set. It's a discipline because, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunity often, but it's understanding where you could, you know, generate the, 
the most income or or grow your business the fastest. Sure. Um, the the worst piece of advice, I think. Again, I, I touched on a little bit. It's sort of ch- you know chasing every opportunity and listening to very well-meaning maybe friends or family or you know I felt like every time I I, for a while I stopped going out for dinner with people everyone wanted to tell me what to do (laughs) I'm not kidding and that became like the whole dinner conversation it's like oh we should do this or I could help you meet with and and then you feel obligated to meet with people and you know you're talking about exporting products all over the world and and I needed to now again in hindsight with these great people I work with I should just, you know, stay there, you know, do what you can do and manage with your resources. Uh, It might mean growing your business locally. If you're distributing or manufacturing something, it might mean if you're uh, an e-commerce space, your message is tight, you know, with that message, you're not going to have, you know, so many different products or so many different messages that you dilute yourself. So, you know, making sure that you can really deliver and become, uh, you know, really expert in what you're doing is really key. Love it. All right. Question number three, at this kind of state or stage of the business as it is, what currently brings you the most stress or worry as the leader of the organization? I'd say um, maintaining the agility that we had. Because we were really agile when we were, I mean, we were really, really agile. And, um, you know, I had that team of people who that's just sort of how we were all cut and, and we worked hard, we worked together, all, you know, very closely. And as again, as you grow your team, and as you take in an investment, you know, of course, you have to have plans and you have to have layers sure. in your organization, you know, we're close to I think 100 people or more now. Um, but then that can sometimes slow down agility. Um, so I'd say right now, as you know, we are rapidly growing, uh, making sure that we we stay agile uh, and communicate, you know, respectfully what what needs to be done to stay with our opportunities uh, is is something that I I do sometimes worry about. But you know, we're we're constantly working on all of that. Cool. Question number four. What is your BHAG, your big, hairy, audacious goal for this company? <laughs> I think it's really bringing that awareness and respect for mushrooms to, uh, you know, the population at large. You know, just I remember one of my good friends, you know, my friends thought I sure thought I. So so you went from a hospital administrator to you're growing mushrooms. Ooh. Yeah. Andrew, you know <laughs> what happened <laughs> and um and i remember one of my friends saying so you you think people are gonna buy mushroom powder i mean he literally said it in that kind of way and i said you know 10 years ago had you ever heard of acai and you know yeah. i said now there's acai in your cornflakes there's acai in your ice cream there's acai. you see it everywhere yep and guess what you see mushrooms in kombucha. You see mushrooms in, there's chaga ice cream out there. There's wow. Mondelez just uh, launched a, a nut butter with our, our mushrooms in it. They're in chocolate. They're, in, you know, they're in so many delivery formats. And our brand has broths and drink sticks and, and coffees and hot chocolates and powders. And so 
I'm still, you know, a big believer that um, the, there's so much um, great science behind mushrooms that people will discover and are discovering the benefits of mushrooms for their health and wellness. And I think that education and awareness will just, you know, from a business perspective, lead to, you know, more growth in the channel. But I'd say from my personal passion standpoint, it's more that adoption of, of using natural products that really help to work with your body to, you know, produce overall health. Um, that is the most important thing. And mushrooms, you know, they're, 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 they're the perfect food for our bodies. Love it. All right, number five, a break from all the serious questions. This is a fun, creative question for you. Okay. If you could hop into a DeLorean, you get to go back to the past. Mm -hmm. But the rule is you can only tell yourself one thing out the driver's side window as you drive by. Mm -hmm. When are you going back in your past? And what is the message that you're delivering to that younger version of yourself? Hmm. Wow, that's a good one. When am I going to go back? Um, I think I would go back to about 2014 uh, when we were really scaling at that point in time. And we were scaling because we had a really, really big customer. And we were just feeling very bullish on that. This is on the sort of the B2B side. Yeah. And, and I felt, you know, I had a, and still have a great relationship with this company. Um, but being my optimistic self, we, we went from one expansion, we were at max capacity. We, I took on another building to deliver even more to, to uh, this particular customer. And then something happened with that customer and they, they went through some struggles. It affected all of their suppliers, not, not just us. Yeah. But I, I stuck my neck out really. And um, so if I were in that DeLorean, I'd say, get it in writing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right? great. I mean, what a lesson. And you know yeah. what? I mean, it was a valuable lesson. And, yeah. And as a result of that, I really put, you know, my efforts more into our own brand because I wanted to control my own destiny. Um, and, uh, and, Smart. and yeah, so, yeah. So, so even though things can appear to be so great and positive, even in those times, it's, you know, think about the risk and think about the potential for the downside. Um, and so, you know, we were important, we were lucky. We had great partners in the industry at that time. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we pivoted and we were agile <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, here we are, the company's grown tremendously, but, um, yeah, that's my lesson. So good. Well, friend, thank you so much for being here, Sandra. This has been truly an awesome, uh, lesson in health for me. And you got an excited customer, uh, <laughs> here and me, and hopefully for many others listening to our podcast and, uh, man, just, uh, it's really neat to see your courage to step into the frontier and then to, to having to brave the, the education gap of, of it being misunderstood and building a business around that, an actual functioning business. Uh, I know how hard that is. So uh, thank you. Thank you for making time and for being here and sharing your wisdom with us. Well, thanks for inviting me. I, I'm really honored. And uh, I've really loved our conversation today and look forward to staying in touch. And let Likewise. me know what you'd like to try. 
we'll get some products off to you. <laughs> Likewise. Awesome. Thank you, Sandra. Founders, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and hop into our monthly founder email so we can ensure you stay on the edge of peak performance and massive business results.